Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. You're on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman, and a happy Modica Monday to you. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greg, hey, what's up, man? Happy Monday. That's right, a Modica Monday, uh, which I do expect, if he's on Skype, he should be wearing a uh, Chris Paddock cowboy hat. Check the look. <laughs> no hat, no hat Modica? Come no. on, man. I have to I have to purchase a uh, black cowboy hat. I'm very interested in one right now. Abodika <laughs> on Twitter changed his Twitter avi to uh, Chris Paddock, the sheriff. I saw that yesterday. Walking saw in that, yes. to the stadium. Pretty sick. Pretty cool, man. And that, how was your weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. I mean, you, you had to love uh, baseball being back. That's first off. Uh, in Fab last night, I pretty much accomplished what I set out to do. So I'm happy about that as well. All right, good to hear. Which we can talk about because you play in the same main event together. You do. Although, <laughs> I mean, Modique is in a million leagues. So, so might have to be the, uh, the same thing. But yes, you are in a main event together. You're in the NFEC. We'll get all go over all of the waivers uh, from this weekend, all of the headlines from this weekend. And I want to start here, Frank, and just ask you this question. What is your biggest takeaway from the first weekend of Major League Baseball? Oh, it's... Uh... It's an interesting time. It's We're pretty much in the upside down to start the season. It seems like a lot of ace starting pitchers either got rocked uh, or you know didn't perform up to what we expected. Uh, basically, if you streamed anyone in the Blue Jays-Tigers series, you've got great <laughs> pitching performances out of those. Um, the closer carousel is already up and running and a lot of fun there. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much everything you'd expect from the first weekend of baseball. Everything is upside down to start. Uh, but look, the law of averages, uh, before long, uh, everything should even out. But it was it was pretty wild first weekend. I believe it was uh, Delino DeShields, a couple other speedsters, Malik Smith. Um, Jared Dyson. Jared Dyson. All have home runs before any of the Yankee sluggers. No Judge, no Stanton, but Delino DeShields, the dentist. A grand slam and a stolen base yesterday. Just for you, Greggy. Just for me. I had indeed. to text that one over to you. You did. Matty Moe, yeah, yeah. He's texting me about random stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm watching <laughs> overtime of Kentucky. I didn't watch a single In March Madness. It's overtime, Kentucky Auburn. He's like, oh, man, the Yankees. I was like, dude, come on. Come on. And he just did not respond to that text message. <laughs> I didn't watch a single minute of college It was basketball. amazing, too. It was a baseball lot. Started. It was a lot of awesome games this weekend. Yeah, so I've heard. I wouldn't know, to be honest. I was just... I was Matt, all in on baseball. Matt Nemo, what is your one, t- your biggest takeaway from Major League Baseball this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, home run ball. It seemed like you know the home runs were all massive. I know Saturday was uh, speedo weather, so it was warm out there and stuff. But as Frank mentioned, 
when uh, Malik Smith, Jared Dyson, and Delano DeShields all go yard, uh, something's telling me it might not just be the weather. I know baseball wants offense desperately, so that's one way to do it. It, you know, it is early. It could just be a random thing. We'll have to play it out. I know the sample is small, but that was probably my biggest takeaway. I mean, if you watch that Cardinals Brewers series, it seemed like the average home run was like 450 feet. Yeah, it was flying, especially for Milwaukee uh, and especially for Christian Yelich. For me, uh, my biggest takeaway comes from Florida, where it seems like the biggest guys off the waiver wire this week, the players that I saw most talked about in fantasy Twitter, were with the Rays is with the Marlins. People love this Marlins pitching staff. We, we kind of alluded to that before the season started. But now with Sandy Alcantara being a huge name uh, that was talked about uh, this weekend, he comes to mind. Uh, some of these guys, Yoni Chirinos for Tampa Bay, another guy that comes to mind, Yandy Diaz, everybody seems to love. So looking at these two Florida teams that I don't know how much ex- was expected to them, from them from a fantasy perspective, especially the pitching staffs, people are all over them now, which of course we're going to get into when we talk about waivers uh, over the next hour with Matt. So that was my biggest takeaway, at least just being around fantasy. Twitter uh, and watching a whole lot of baseball this weekend. I'm excited to have baseball back. Uh, make sure you set your lineups as first pitch of the first game this week is less than an hour away with Pittsburgh and St. Louis. It's Chris Archer on the mound, and I'm sure, Frank, you are very excited for this one. I'm pretty excited. I have a few shares of Chris Archer, as I mentioned a ton throughout draft season. I've never owned Chris Archer because I didn't like the price tag in years past, going in that fourth, fifth round range, but now in a few leagues, I was able to get him in the ninth. I believe I got him in the 10th round of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. That's a 15-team league, and I think, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he has 220-plus strikeout upside. Uh, The ERA and whip, we know they could be a work in progress. He has the ability to be better than what he's uh, shown us in years past. So uh, I'm excited uh, by Chris Archer. It's a tough division. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big takeaway, too. Look, the pitching in the the National League Central, you heard Matt talk about the Cardinals and the Brewers. Uh, those are both going to be tough lineups. Also, the Cincinnati Reds. So, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitching staff, Jameson Tyone, Chris Archer, uh, Trevor Williams, who looked good over the weekend, too. They're going to have their work cut out for them this season. He forgot Joe Musgrove. And Joe Musgrove. Oh, <laughs> Joey Musgrove. Who actually didn't get the start over the weekend because of a rain delay. I will also say, by the way, my other big takeaway is the Giants are Giants and Tigers and Orioles. You know the Orioles will do out of three. They are awful. These teams are awful. Like, I want to take, like, not that I want to take what Paddock did and the other San Diego guys did, one of which I never heard of who I'm in on, by the way. Um, Take it for a grain of salt. Like, the Giants are really, really, really bad. And And they are. That's why I didn't understand why they were in on Bryce Harper at all. It just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I. it's weird. It's weird. Like, they have, like, no hope. And I thought, again, I don't want to take what Paddock did and the rest of the San Diego starters for granted. But, like... But those are the teams that we're going to be streaming against sure. all year. For sure. 100%. The Giants, especially when it's in San Francisco, it's going to be a great place to pitch. Uh, going up against the Tigers. The Blue Jays, too. Again, like, we got revivals from Matt Moore. Jordan Zimmerman looked great as well. Marcus Stroman. Aaron Sanchez. Uh... It was every game in that series. There was not a lot of runs scored. So, again, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, the Giants, the Orioles, uh, the Marlins. You want to stream against them. Even John Gray was able to have 10 strikeouts yesterday. So, uh, I think those are really the five teams that I'm going to be focusing on a lot. And the Cleveland Indians, too. Like, Michael Pineda looked awesome yesterday, too. So, those are five or six teams that I want to For the 40 pitches, they let him pitch. Well, 
yeah, they're taking it slow. It's the first start back in the majors. So they only they knew coming in they were only going to let him go four innings, but really good in those four innings, Greg. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. Guys, let's get right into the waiver wire now and, and kind of break down who went for what because this is the first one, and, and a lot is happening, a lot is changing. So, Frank, in the NFBC that you share with Matt, who is the most expensive player off the board? So, actually, to my surprise, the most expensive player off the board was Diego Castillo, who filled in for Jose Alvarado yesterday and picked up a save with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, that's because Alvarado had pitched in back-to-back games. He picked up two saves himself over the weekend. I think that's a big takeaway. You mentioned uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, how way, how well they played. Uh, the AL East, pretty much upside down to start. The Yankees lose to the Orioles. The Red Sox lose three out of four to the Mariners. The Tampa Bay Rays win... Was it two out of three or three out of four against the uh, Houston Astros? That's a pretty big takeaway for them. And uh, Diego Castillo gets a save yesterday. If anything were to happen to Alvarado, Castillo, I think, is the next man up. But as long as Alvarado's healthy, I don't know that Castillo's going to get many save opportunities. Again, this was just giving Alvarado a, a day off after pitching in back-to-back games. But he goes for $138. The next closest bid is only 25 yeah, that one didn't make much sense to Very me. Very aggressive. That one didn't make much sense to me either. As a, as I take a look at the NFBC, like, like people are super interested in closers, Matt, and not a surprise, right? With Diego Castillo and Ian Kennedy and Taylor Rogers being some of the names, Anthony Swartzak as well, that people are just chasing after. And this is exactly what you said would happen. Yeah, no, in the leagues where <clears throat> I only had one closer, this is kind of good to see because you have various options. Taylor Rogers, I really like. I don't expect him to get 30 saves, but I do think he'll get save ops. He'll give you good ratios and strikeouts. I think he has like 28 innings of uh, consecutive without allowing a run. But the one guy I did uh, get on multiple teams as a stash was Kyle Zimmer. And I think, you know, he has the potential to be closing out games for the Royals sooner than later. And that would just be great to see, considering this kid's uh, you know, unfortunate journey to the major leagues. Yeah, former first round pick uh, with Kyle Zimmer there. He's had like a million surgeries now with the Kansas City Royals. Finally makes his major league debut uh, yesterday. Had four swinging strikes in the 20 pitches. You know, he's he's in the mid-90s with his fastball. He's got He's got a big curveball. He's got a... He's got a slider that he uses as well. So, yeah, I saw a few people speculating on Twitter last night, on Fantasy Twitter, that Kyle Zimmer, uh, it won't be long before he takes over as the closer for the Kansas City Royals. That's just speculation. You know, uh, are the Royals really going to push him? Are they going to let him pitch back-to-back games? I think you know, they might be cautious with him at first, maybe as the season goes along. He earns that role. But another name with the Royals, Greg. Remember, we spoke about uh, if we had to guess who was the next Royals reliever to get a save opportunity on Friday. We did this with Florio. We both said Brad Boxberger. What happens over the weekend? Ian he starts, Kennedy. He starts pitching in middle relief, and Ian Kennedy picks up a save. And, and then Ned Yost, uh comes out and says, you know, Ian Kennedy is in the mix for you know late-inning roles, uh, potentially picking up some saves. So, And the Royals are not going to win that many games either. So We'll see what happens there. I think, you know, as of now, they'll probably just mix and match. But if Kyle Zimmer earns the opportunity and shows that he can pitch in back-to-back games, then maybe he does become the closer. And that's what I think makes this... So impossible, and why I didn't really want to invest in this, and I told you that over the weekend, I told you on Friday, and I told you again yesterday, that it is so confusing out there in Kansas City, and it's so confusing out there in Minnesota, and it's potentially so confusing out there in Seattle with Hunter Strickland going on the DL after a brutal outing, that I didn't want to do this. I think it's one thing to pay for Fab, pay, pay Fab when you know the guy is like the next man up, like when you know that for sure, when you can count on it. That's one thing. 
when you're investing in this kind of situation, I think it's really scary, and I think it's just a waste of money. I really, really do. It, it, it depends, though, Greg. It, if you're putting small bids in on certain guys right. for speculation, that's fine. Some people are bidding 250 yeah. 300 on even guys I like, like Taylor Rogers, but I think that's uh, a little insane. You're talking about 25% of your budget, 20 25% of your budget on Taylor Rogers. No, that's crazy, though. Like, Matt won Taylor Rogers at $59. That's a little bit more acceptable. Sure, it's like six percent, five six percent of your budget. I get Anthony Swarzak at twenty eight dollars out of a thousand. The next closest bid was nine. So, all right. I mean, I don't have a problem taking a stab on it. You know, two three percent. You're gonna probably take stabs. You know, every week, maybe every other week on potential closing options. So, uh, I don't have a problem. Again, if it's between three and six seven percent, something like that, okay. But you know, some of these people who are spending over two hundred dollars on you know, potential closing options. Like, I'm not going to get in the mix for that, but it seems like every single week you're going to take a few stabs just to see uh, what ends up happening. And then with the Seattle Mariners, you know, Hunter Strickland goes on the IL. Uh, you know, that was a uh, nice while it lasted Motika with, uh, with Hunter Strickland. <laughs> Amazing. Who, who going into, I cut him already. Yeah, he was cutting one of my leagues already and as he well. He should be because who now, is, you know, it's grade two lat strain. He's going to, I would say, be out at least a couple of months. Who is the guy that we were comparing? Him and... Um, Oh, who Greg was Holland. It's it Greg Holland, right? Yeah, yeah. And Holland picked up, I believe, two saves over the yes, week. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. So, <laughs> yeah, and this is what you know. Look, it's the closer carousel, and this is why I said, you know, I don't know why so many people were bidding on Hunter Strickland versus Greg Holland. I thought the bidding should have been higher for Greg Holland if, if people were going that high. Yeah. for Hunter Strickland, obviously, no one could have predicted the injury uh, for Strickland, but serves up a meatball on Friday to to Mitch Moreland, and he hits a three run homer for the Red Sox to go ahead. Matt Barnes then comes in and picks up a save for the Red Sox. So it uh, looks like he's the closer for now in Boston. But with the Seattle Mariners, it's all right. There's Corey Gear in there. Um, Matthew Festa, some people speculating on him, who had good numbers in the minors. So I understand that. But they included Swarzak in the deal when they traded away Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. And yeah. my thinking is they like him. Like if they included him in the deal, then they like him. And he wasn't good last year. He pitched through injury. But two years ago, he was very good. And he, he, you know, he got the swings and misses, and he had strikeouts, and uh, he looked like he kind of profiled for a late-inning reliever. So I'm not saying Warzak is great, but at $28 out of 1000 I'll take a shot there. And we picked him up in GST for, I think, the same price. So, uh, again, out of $1,000, 2-3% on Swarzak, I'll take a shot and see what happens. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I get that, but... You mentioned that they wanted Swarzak or got Swarzak back in that trade for Edwin Diaz with the Mets. To me, it's a, it was like a salary balancing thing, and that's all it was. It was. I, I don't think. But, means, I don't think they, they give a crap about Anthony Swarzak. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm gonna agree with Greg. But what Frank bid on him, I think, is actually perfect for like three percent. I would take that gamble on Swarzak. He's a veteran. If he's healthy, he'll be given an opportunity. You got to look. Seattle wants to leverage his value as much as possible so they can trade him and his salary off the books. So if he is closing and building up, you know, that uh, value as the season goes on, he's somebody that they can graciously move and save some money on. Yeah, they, absolutely. And that's certainly something that they could wind up doing. I also don't know when he comes back off the DL that he goes right into the closer role. You know, like I understand that we are speculating they just here. Have no one else, you know. It's like Corey Gearin came and sure. tried to save yesterday. He couldn't close it <laughs> yeah, out. Absolutely. Uh, they bring uh, they bring Jason Bradford, yep. I think his mm-hmm. name is. So they bring him in and he closes out the game. And again, Festa has good minor league numbers, but you know, he's never done it before. And all of these points are totally right. But the first report that I that we saw from Swarzak is he could close upon returning. 
My that's po- the first report we get. All of your, all of your points are totally right, but it's a mess. It is oh, a complete sure. mess. And that's so, why... Know, in 15-team leagues and deeper leagues, you take shots. I mean, I mean in, this, in this league, I have Osuna and I have Jordan Hicks, who also blows a save yesterday. So, you know, I have two guys who I believe are the closers for their respective teams. And then, you know, that third, maybe fourth option, you can kind of shuffle guys in and out until hopefully something sticks. Yeah, that's I, what I'm hoping for. Right. And I, and I, and I, and I get that. I just didn't want to kind of overspend um, on these closers. When we come back, I want to stick with the pitching staff. So I mentioned the Marlins mm-hmm. and the Rays, and I want to get into how much some of these guys went for the most popular starting pitchers because people are always looking for pitchers uh, in fantasy baseball leagues. We're going to tell you how much some of the top guys on the market went for in the first waiver period since the season began when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever with Matt Modica, Frank Stample, and Greg Sussman. We continue on right after the guys. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Weekend Fantasy Update uh, You look at that, you, you look you look at the, the Cubs too, like very, very worried about their rotation, George, aren't you? Like, I, I don't trust, I don't trust Darvish as far as I could throw him. Uh, the strikeouts though, that's the one thing he's going to be viable because he's still a guy that can get strikeouts. He's uh, has a propensity to get lit up. He, he, he's at the tail end. Uh, I really, really worry about Darvish a lot. I think he's just a guy that's really lost it. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Before we get into some of these starting pitchers that I wanted to mention, uh, with lineups locking at 1 p.m. Eastern, I think it's important to talk about uh, some of the major injuries that we had this weekend to make sure you get guys out of your lineup. And we'll start with the breaking news that we had this morning, and that's Giancarlo Stanton going on the disabled list with a strained bicep. I'm not really sure how he strains his bicep, striking out over and over and over. <laughs> but Maybe uh, it's too big of a bicep. That's maybe, why he strained it. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, me and you, we don't have that issue. We don't. I, don't, I don't know if Modica does. Modica, do you have that issue where you know the bicep no, is too big, gets in the way? No. Show it and show the bicep now. Okay, uh, but anyway, Giancarlo Stanton's out. Uh, he's going to be out for a, a little while. I haven't seen a timetable yet on the strain bicep. We'll ask Doctor Ray on Thursday. Um, but nevertheless, uh, Stanton out. Clint Frazier off. He's going to play every day. But 
Is that where you're going, Matt, to replace Sean Carl Stanton? And if not Clint Frazier, uh, who are some other options? Uh, I mean, look, if you, I mean, Frazier's just a guy that, you know, I would be interested in. I mean, if we would have known this yesterday, I would have loved to see how, how the bidding went for him. He's a toolsy prospect. Uh, he had a, you know, he had a brief uh, time in New York prior. The Yankees want to see what they have in the kid. So he'd be somebody I would definitely be going after uh, for the Yankees. I think, you know, Brett Gardner all of a sudden has a, you know, stronghold on playing time as well with Hicks still out and, you know, this unfortunate Stanton news. Yeah, it's been very unfortunate. It's obviously been very unfortunate uh, for Stanton, but Clint Frazier going to get the opportunity. Uh, how interested would you be in Clint Frazier? I'm pretty interested uh, in deeper leagues, Greg. I think, you know, in your 12-teamers, you might be able to find better options, but as of now, looks like Clint Frazier is going to play every day. What, are, what other option do they have? You know, Gardner in center field, they'll put Clint Frazier in left. I saw Joel Sherman tweeting about, oh, this would be a good time for Jacoby Ellsbury to be available. I mean, that <laughs> ship has sailed. But, uh, yeah, look, Clint Frazier going to be in left field most of the time, and if you can get exposure to this Yankees lineup, uh, hitting in Yankee Stadium, it's a great hitting environment. Uh, you know, Matt mentioned that he's toolsy. He can run a little bit. He's got uh, electric bat speed. So we've expected, we've been expecting Clint Frazier to make some noise here for a few years. Last year dealt with a concussion issue, so didn't really get an opportunity. Uh, I'll throw a few other names out there. Look, Jock Peterson's a very popular ad right now, but this is part of the problem with Jock Peterson is their, their next three games, the Dodgers face left-handed pitching. So is Jock Peterson going to be in the lineup? Probably not. Uh, I don't think so. So, you know, he's led off against righties, and that's a really good spot to be in leading off for this Dodgers lineup because it's a great lineup. But against left-handed pitching, he might not be in the lineup. I'll give you a few other names uh, that might be out there in your 12-team leagues. Adam Jones, I know it's not sexy, and I kind of doubted him coming into the year, but he's batting cleanup in cleanup or leadoff in every game that the D-backs have played, and he already has two home runs. I'll throw Jay Bruce out there, has two home runs as well. He can give you some pop, which is what you're kind of looking for to replace uh, from a Giancarlo Stanton. And then Trey Mancini, Greg. Ray Mancini is, you know, super undervalued because he plays for the Orioles, but he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. He hits in a good ballpark. The rest of the AL East is a good place to hit as well. Um, you know, he's going to hit, you know, 260, 270-ish, 25 home runs. So these are just a few names, you know, maybe in shallower leagues, some of these guys are available. But in deeper leagues, you know, Clint Frazier should be out there if you just want to look in-house from the, from the Yankee system. Stanton was the only injury that we saw this weekend to a major player, but... Daniel Murphy, who I absolutely loved coming into this year, he broke his finger, and there may be even worse damage than that. That could be cost Daniel Murphy up to a, a month or so. Mallet finger? I have no idea what mallet finger means. I saw it could be up to eight weeks. Yeah, it could be a month to two months. We'll ask Dr. Ray about that as well. That's not great news, but it is that ain't good news if you're a Garrett Hampson owner because it could open up some playing time for him. Obviously, Mark Reynolds is a guy that's going to see more playing time. Ian Desmond could see more playing time at first base, uh, opening up Ramel Tapia uh, in the outfield, or Pat Vileka as well. So certainly internal Colorado options. But, Matt, who are some options to replace Daniel Murphy outside of Colorado? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of crazy that the Rockies just continually stay on brand. I know you asked for outside, but I got to address this first. Sure. Like, the fact that Mark Reynolds is even on this team is is an epic fail. The fact that you're right to even mention Pat Vileka. You are right and correct in mentioning that name, but that shouldn't even be an option as well. So I, I would think that Rymel Tapia does have an op, uh, has a spot to play now if they do move Desmond to first. 
Uh, I've stated long and hard that Garrett Hampson in deeper leagues is a stash, and I will hold on for as long as it takes. Of course, he does have that upside speed that can really help win you a league, but it is really most unfortunate. As a uh, someone who's been my fantasy kryptonite, and I just can't quit, is uh, Colton Wong. I uh, acquired him in several leagues last night. I bid $99. He went for, I think, a high of like 390 or something, which is insane. But, uh, you know, we've seen the power and the speed early. I, When I lived in Hawaii, he was like one of the best players in the country, so maybe that's one of the reasons. And all you would get updates on is Shane Victorino or Colton Wong when I lived there on the news. So maybe that's part of the issue, but Wong would be a guy I, you know, I went after, and I think you have to give him at least a chance here, especially when he's batting second in certain instances, uh, in front of uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Today, Colton Wong batting seventh for the Cardinals as their lineup is out. I'll reveal that right now. Matt Carpenter leads off, followed by Paul Goldschmidt, Paul DeYoung, Marcel Ozuna. Yachty is batting fifth. Dexter Fowler batting sixth. Colton Wong seventh. Harrison Bader eighth. So it's a pretty standard lineup for the Cardinals. Uh, on the other side for the Pirates in the 1 o'clock game, it's Adam Frazier leading off, followed by Starling Marte. Uh, Corey Dickerson batting third. Josh Bell batting cleanup. Uh, Francisco Cervelli batting fifth at catcher. Uh, Colin Moran, sixth. Pablo Reyes, seventh. Eric Gonzalez, eighth, uh, which means no Jung Ho Gong again uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates in this lineup, Frank. Yeah, I think that's a takeaway there. No Jung Ho Gong in the Pirates lineup. I do agree with Matt. You know, in deeper leagues, Colton Wong was available. I picked him up in my 12-team home league, my points league, where I lost Daniel Murphy. We all, we all, we also picked him up in GDD as well. Yeah, and I just lost Giancarlo Stanton as well in one league. So already the injuries are piling up. Uh, but yeah, Colton Wong, two home runs, two stolen bases over the first weekend of baseball. Uh, definitely has my attention. Talking about the Rockies, guys, this just solidifies, I think, the playing time for Ryan McMahon 100%. Absolutely. Um, so he should be universally owned, obviously. Garrett Hansen, I think, should be universally owned as well, just based on his upside, Greg. Like, if they ever just hand him over to second base and let Ryan McMahon mm-hmm. play first or whatever they want to do, like that batting average speed combination that he showed in the minors last year, is really enticing. Obviously, you know, in the Colorado Rockies lineup as well. Uh, A few other names. I think Jeff McNeil is kind of a younger version of Daniel Murphy. Hits a lot of doubles, makes a lot of contact, going to hit for good batting average uh, with the New York Mets. In a deeper league, in the main event, I picked up Ben Zobris. They have three games in Milwaukee. We mentioned earlier on in the show how the ball's been flying out there. Uh, He's been leadoff for the Cubs in back-to-back games, and that lineup has done well, so... Ben Zobris, the name, uh, as Drupal Cabrera hit two home runs over the weekend and in shallower leagues if he's available. Like, there's some replacement options here. They're obviously not to the level of Daniel Murphy, but we, we do have some replace, replacement options here at second base. Ryan McMahon, obviously the the clear number one because he's playing every day and they trust him and, and he's hitting. Well, Mayhew out there too, Greg. Yeah, sure. Back to, you know, uh, multi-hit game in back-to-back games here. So, I'm assuming, I think he's going to play a lot. They, yeah. they mentioned yesterday in the broadcast – like if they play six or seven games in a week, they want him to play five or six games because of his defense. I don't know how many times Michael K said, he's a starter without a starting position. I got it, dude. I, I understand. Like, I got it. It wouldn't surprise me, Frank, if they have LeMayu taking five balls in the outfield today before pregame so that they can start get him comfortable enough to start in left field. He's exactly what they need in the lineup because in a yeah. lineup filled with people who just strike out nonstop, he just makes a ton of contact. 
it, you know, it was actually a great sign when it happened because of that, but they really need his defense. They need his contact skills. I mean, he's exactly what the Yankees needed, so I think he's going to be in the lineup. I was actually explaining that, explaining that to Judy last night and say, hey, this guy, when he got that hit in the ninth inning, I'm like, this guy, because all I do is homer, strike out, or walk, this guy will get you a single when you get a single, and he actually did uh, in the ninth inning. DJ LeMahieu, the former Rocky, uh, could be a good replacement. Were there any other injuries this week weekend that I missed here? Uh, those, I know those are the, the big two. Hunter Strickland, of course, as we yeah, talked about. Uh, he goes on the DL. That was uh, frustrating. This just came out. Joey Wendell will be placed on a 10-day injured list. This is for deeper leagues, AL only, and 15 teams. People like Joey Wendell, man. I, ha- I have him as my middle infielder in the main event as well. So I've lost Murphy and I lost Wendell. You know, I didn't have super high expectations for him, but a guy that can maybe double-digit home runs, double-digit steals. Uh, he actually sat out a game over the weekend for the Tampa Bay Rays, so... Uh, that kind of threw me off already. But, yeah, now coming out, you know, uh, left with a hamstring injury yesterday. He's going to be placed on, on the uh, on the DL. Christian Arroyo is being called up to take his spot. So it looks like uh, Daniel Robertson and Brandon Lowe will benefit uh, in-house here for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep, there you go. So that's kind of the deal uh, with the Rays and the injuries. Let me – I'm going to pause on the starting pitchers because we're talking about a lot of hitter replacements. Matt, who is the uh, the best hitter – that, or the hitter that you wanted the most on the waiver wire this weekend. I know you mentioned Colton Wong, who we were in on as well as a couple other guys we were in on. But who's the one hitter that went for the most money and, and is the guy that you wanted the most? Uh, for me, I needed to uh, focus on the middle infield most. So Colton Wong was my guy. In 12 teams, he was available in a couple of spots. That was Ryan McMahon. Uh, so that was a, that was a no-brainer. But I'm going to be honest, in the 15-team leagues and the hitting side, it was really bleak out there. I did uh, acquire a Jed Lowry share. I do think at some point when he does make it back, he's going to be uh, hitting in a nice spot in this lineup. And he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's a, that term professional hitter. So he's somebody, if you have the ability to stash in cash, uh, I would do that on. Uh, another middle infield option, if you're in a, say, a shallower league that, you know, he probably might have went undrafted, but he's got a prime spot, is don't forget about Ian Kinsler. He's 36 years old, whatever, but he's leading off, still has power-speed combo. Yeah, Ian Kinsler leading off in a good Padres lineup. Uh, you probably want your share of him. Frank, who's the guy that you wanted the most hitting-wise this week? I think Colton Wong is a good name. I was uh, aggressive on Ben Zobris in a few leagues uh, just because they play in Milwaukee this week, and he has that second-base outfield eligibility. Uh, So I was aggressive on those two. I picked up Kike Hernandez in my home league, $100 fab budget on Friday for $6, uh, so about 6% of my budget. So especially him, like if he's out there, his uh, Mm -hmm. position eligibility, what he offers is fabulous uh, for, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So Kike Hernandez, definitely aggressive on him. I'll throw out a few more names. Ryan Healy has gotten off to a really, really good start for the Seattle Mariners. This entire Mariners offense, by the way, they've just been amazing. Uh, you know, with Malik Smith leading off, D. Gordon yesterday, I believe, had three RBIs uh, and, and a stolen base. So, uh, Jay Bruce getting it done. Ryan Healy getting it done. So, if you need a first, a third, or a corner infielder, I think Healy makes a lot of sense. And in deeper leagues, Greg, I'll give you this name. And they, play, they, they face three lefties this week, and three lefties in a row, actually. Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. I, Nando has been banging the drum for Christian Walker for <laughs> years now. And he just he stole a base yesterday, and he hit two home runs against right-handed relievers. He came into the season as a platoon bat who they expected to hit against lefties uh, to, to, uh, when they want to take Jake Lamb out of the lineup. 
So he hits two home runs against right-handed pitching. He steals a base yesterday. They're facing three lefties this week. So in NL only, maybe 15 teamers. Like if you're desperate for a corner, um, Christian Walker. I would love for him to get the opportunity to play every day. And this is one of those guys where it's like the skills are there. He's kind of been like a quad A guy. Maybe he had, like reminds some people of like a Jesus Aguilar from a year ago. Doesn't have a spot to play, uh, but definitely has some legitimate power. So if he grows into an everyday role with D-backs, maybe they finally pull the plug on Jake Lamb. I don't think that they will. Uh, but if they do find a place for him, I think Christian Walker has some upside. Christian Walker, a player uh, that Frankie really likes, quad A guy. In GDD, Frank, just for reference, um, the most expensive player hitter-wise was Tim Beckham, who I know we talked a lot about last week coming out of Japan. He's kind of just kept hitting for Seattle. Uh, he went for $11 out of, the, out of 100 uh, in our league. We... Tied with three, two other teams had the second highest bid at six. So we were kind of right there uh, with him. We had a backup bid on Colton Wong at four dollars. It looks like uh, a bunch of other teams, yeah, a bunch of other teams were with us as two other teams tied with us at four dollars, and we actually won the. Oh, wow! So it was really the perfect bid. We won the bidding there. Um, Cody Garen went for twenty, which I thought was nuts. We got the Miami pitchers in. A Jason Hayward went for six bucks. Which yeah, I think he is did. interesting. He's off to a good start, and again. Um, you know, three games in Milwaukee, great environment this week. So I, I picked up uh, Jason Hayward as well in the main event. I have both him and Ben Zobris in my lineup this week. Yeah, so one more um, one more reliever I, I wanted to bring up, and this was your guy here, Frank, and that was Jeremy Jeffers, who, who you wanted. And I'm kind of an, it just we just got unlucky, to be honest with you, because I bid $2 for, for Jeffers. We lost on a tiebreaker. Someone we beat on a tiebreaker previously, it was just like, yeah, because we ended up getting Colton Wong in the tiebreaker, so we Didn't lost get, to Jeremy Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, I, I think Jeremy Jefferson is a sneaky ad right I now. I agree with you. Uh, like, I like that one more. Like, I like adding Jeremy Jefferson. You guys can disagree. I like adding Jefferson more than I do Swarzak. Yeah, well, look, there's no guarantees in Milwaukee either. It's not that, you know, he's guaranteed to be the closer once he returns, but they used him in that role last exactly. year. Exactly. And, you know, he pitched phenomenally. So, you know, uh, I think, you know, stashing Jeffers now, uh, you know, are they going to be able to use Hater? Or two inning save opportunities, game in and game out. To me, you know they're probably going to burn them out if they do something like that. So I think Jeremy Jeffers is a guy who, throughout draft season, we thought there was a chance he could get save opportunities, and then he got hurt. Uh, but now, once he returns, maybe he does get some of those save opportunities again. So I'm definitely intrigued. And you know the Brewers are obviously a really good team. In leagues desperate for closers, Matt, we saw Keone Kayla go off the board in, in our GDD for three bucks. And Kayla came in after Felipe Vasquez ran into some trouble, but they kind of seemed like they pulled him because they didn't want to overextend him in, in his first outing here. Just an, a, Again, just people chasing saves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that you know, the guy we previously spoke about, Jeffers, look, at some point, they, you know, like Frank said, they can't just continually use Hater. I think they're better. They're a better pitching rotation when Hater is in that seven eighth inning type of role. But he's just been so dominant these two outings as a uh, as a closer. He did get he did get lucky by that fantastic catch by Locaine on opening day. But he had the immaculate inning. And regardless, if Jeffers is healthy. He should run into like 15 steps. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like I said, he's the guy I'd want to own over Swarzak because as you mentioned, Frank, we've seen Jeffers do it on this team in this situation and they prefer, they've said so themselves, Craig Council prefers Josh Hader in a multi-inning role in mm-hmm. 
be able to face the heart of the lineup and then go to a different direction for the closer. And that's why I like Jeffers. If he can come back healthy, we got to see that he'll be healthy first, that he doesn't have any setbacks and, and so on and so forth. And that's kind of the deal with him. Um, when it comes to like Baltimore, like talking, trying to chase saves, Michael Gibbons threw like 50 pitches yesterday uh, against the Yankees, pitched the day before too. Like, I don't think he's guaranteed anything anymore. You know, I, I, he pitched the eighth inning and then they extended the lead and then they brought him back out for the ninth. So he was going for a two-inning save, yeah. and I think he would have done the same thing the day before, too, uh, which started off as a save opportunity in the eighth, and then they blew it open a little bit on Saturday, and then it wasn't a save opportunity anymore, so they took him out. So kind of interesting to see what the Orioles are doing right now. I don't think that they really know for sure who their closer is either. And again, I don't think the Orioles are going to win a lot of games. It's, obviously, I'm a little salty coming from me because they just beat the Yankees twice, but... Uh, yeah, really weird situation. They they almost let him go 50 pitches yesterday, and then they end up taking him out. So uh, we'll see what happens out there in Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just an opportunity where you're chasing saves. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, there's a lot of starting pitchers I want to get to and just find out these guys' thoughts, including all the Marlins guys, uh, some, <laughs> some of the players uh, on the Rays as well. And $11 bid for Jake Odorizzi in our GGD League. I want to know your guys' thoughts on that. We'll get the starting pitching off the waiver wire. Uh, we'll come back. We'll go over some of the major headlines from the weekend with Chris Ventra uh, in hour number two. Stick around. A whole lot more to go with Matt Modica on a Modica Monday. Fantasy best friends forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy Sports Today. And it just seems that more and more, there are more and more teams. It's almost like you know we hate the running back by committee in football, but uh, it seems that more and more managers, I guess they have so much information at their fingertips. And, and in a way, why not you know use more than one person as a, as a closer, as, as game situations uh, warrant? It sucks yeah. for fantasy, though. <laughs> yes, it does. It does suck for fantasy. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network.
Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Major League Baseball season now in full swing. It's time to swing for the fences. Playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth $1 million winner or another one of the countless number of people that have won thousands and thousands of dollars using DailyRoto.com to help set their DraftKings and FanDuel MLB lineups. If you're playing MLB DFS and you're not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts per Projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have already produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY to get your 10% discount today. The promo code is FNTSY. All right, Frankie, I want to get into the Marlins guys now. Because all I've heard about all weekend is the Marlins starting pitching. From Trevor <laughs> Richards to Sandy Alcantara to a Lopez, like Matt, rank the, rank the order that we want these guys and how badly we should want them. Uh, the order uh, for me to become Pablo Lopez is number one. Uh, Richards right. and Smith. Oh, I mean, because the increased velocity. Uh, I mean, I was listening. I actually made it a priority to listen to that game. I had to drive into the city on Saturday, and that was the game I chose to listen to. Uh, something I never thought I would do outside of the Marlins playing the Mets. But I think uh, Lopez has the best chance to break out with his repertoire. And like I said, increased velocity is something we all look for in pitchers. It's one of a uh, one of the most telling signs. Uh, my problem with Trevor, uh, Trevor Richards a couple of months ago was he has that crazy good change. Could he get another pitch? The the fastball was batting practice level for uh, you know in the past. Caleb uh, Smith was coming off of an injury, and Sandy Alcantara, believe it or not, a couple of months ago was the one Marlin I thought would have the biggest impact before spring training and all this. And then I thought he wouldn't even make the rotation until they moved Chen to the bullpen and DFA'd Straley. And as far as Alcantara goes, Eno Saras wrote a great piece. I think it was back at the end of January on five starters who could break out. Alcantara was on that. I tweeted that out this morning. And Alcantara went, uh, there were eight bids of $121 to $141 in the main event last night. I had the top two, and uh, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm. I, surprisingly, I have a maybe an irrational amount of Marlins uh, shares led by Pablo Lopez and probably now uh, Sandy Alcantara due to Fab. But you know, you, you can't rely on wins. But that home ballpark is really nice. Yeah, for sure. I'm in on Pablo Lopez as well. I have him as the top one, Greg. What I really like is the fact that he had seven strikeouts over the weekend. He had 18 swinging strikes. You see the uptick in velocity. He throws two different types of fastballs. Uh, he has two off-speed pitches that he uses as well. He had 18 swinging strikes. So, uh, you know, that definitely has my attention. And the fact that he didn't walk anybody. He had seven strikeouts and zero walks. And I think that was the biggest takeaway for me, both in his start and against uh, uh, for Sandy Alcantara, because Alcantara, he's flashed some upside. We know that he throws hard, but he's had issues with walks. So yesterday he goes eight shutout innings against the Rockies lineup. Even without Murphy, they're still a very dangerous lineup. He has six strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes, zero walks. That's the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to Sandy Alcantara. I would say him and Trevor Richards are probably on the same level. Uh, Trevor Richards was throwing a slider 
on Friday night as well. So maybe that's the third pitch that he really needs to help him out because Matt's right. The changeup is awesome. Uh, the fastball has been quite the opposite. Uh, but if he can mix that slider in, that will obviously uh, expand his repertoire and make him a more dangerous pitcher. But, you know, again, pitching in that environment in Marlins Park is a good spot to be in. So, you know, even if you're only streaming these guys at home for now, I know Alcantara faces the Braves in Atlanta this week. I'd probably want to take a wait and see. I don't know if I want to just throw him in my lineup right away again. Uh, but a few other uh, Marlins pitchers are pitching at home against the Mets for the first three games uh, of the week. So let's see what happens in those games. I think with Alcantara, I like adding him. We got him for, I believe, 83 out of 1,000 in GSC. Based on what Modica said about how much he went for, I think that's a pretty good price to get him. Um, but for most of them, I think I would want to take a, take a wait and see for now. Okay. But they should be owned. They definitely should be owned. The Marlins going over the number, Frankie. Over the number. Everyone was bashing Derek Jeter, man. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Well, the, the plan is just trust the process, right? Well, look, the plan is uh, create a roster that's built around your home ballpark. And, all right, we'll do it through the pitching staff. As of right now, they're all super young, but they all have a lot of upside. Absolutely. All right. We move from the Marlins across the state. We go to Tampa Bay. I've seen Yoni Chirinos picked up. I've seen Ryan Yarbrough picked up. What's going on with these type of, these kind of players here, Matt? Uh, Chirinos has always been kind of a fave of a lot of people. Not someone I've owned in the past, but he was a vet. He was picked up in two main event leagues. He went for 111 and one, and I got him for $69 in the other. And after yesterday's performance, I was pretty happy about that. Am I super high on him? No, but I do think, you know, it was an encouraging start yesterday, especially against the Astros. It was at home. You know, that, that is a good pitching ballpark. But, uh, you know, what, what's out there in a 15-team league isn't much, and you have to speculate and take on, you know, some risk with these guys. And Torino's, you know, for 7% seemed like a, seemed like a good buy. What I really like about Torino's, Greggy, was the fact that they let him go seven innings. So last year, there'd be times where they would kind of use him with the opener role. They would let him come. A lot. And he a would lot. Throw, you know, maybe like mm-hmm. four or five innings, something like that. But they let him go 77, any, uh, 77 innings. <laughs> uh, they let him go seven innings, and he throws 88 pitches yesterday. He has 14, 14 swinging strikes. Uh, he has a sinker, slider, cutter, splitter, four-seamer. So, like, he's got a bunch of different iterations of a fastball, and he has a slider, and he had 14 swinging strikes yesterday against a dangerous Houston Astros lineup. So, uh, yeah, definitely on the radar as well. All You know, all the pitchers in, in Florida, I guess, uh, let's get shares, especially in deeper leagues. You know, if you play in a 10-12-teamer, maybe these guys are, you know, on your scout team. Now, I think Pablo Lopez, amongst all the pitchers that we, uh, we've named so far, he's probably the one I want to own most. Uh, but then right behind him, uh, you know, it's Richards, Alcantara, and Chirinos are pretty much in that same tier. No Caleb Smith love. I like Caleb Smith, too, but uh, you got to see he's coming back off a big injury, struggled with command last year. He, he didn't struggle with command during the spring. I believe he had you know, 18 or 19 strikeouts and only one walk. So that was really, really nice to see. Uh, definitely has my attention, too. Let's see. I believe he's pitching tonight, so let's see what he does. Jake Odorizzi went for $11. We know the Twins lineup is, is very, very powerful. Marwin Gonzalez hasn't really gotten involved yet, but that's okay. It's your guy, Greg. He will. Marwin will you be fine. You know I'll call you out if he, does, if he doesn't start turning around. Marwin will be fine. But Jake Odorizzi goes for $11 in uh, one of the experts leagues that we play in, Matt. And, well, I get why, right? Six innings, 11 strikeouts, one run allowed. Pretty damn good day. He's against Cleveland. This week he's in Philly. Bit of a tougher matchup. What do you think about Jake Odorizzi? 
Oh yeah, for eleven bucks, I I, I can see I, I see that. I see the reason why. Look, he's in a, you know, he's he's pitching in a horrible division. The reason why we like so many Indian starters, and you know, some guys on Minnesota is for that very same reason. I've never really been high on Jake or Rizzi. Not someone I really ever target. I did have a small bit out there on him. I didn't win it, uh, but I think I got a Al- Alcantara. I had him ahead anyway. But, uh, you know, for those reasons, the competition he is going to face, uh, this week at Philly, I would be hesitant, though. I mean, that's another park, and that lineup is just unforgiving. It really is. So, uh, you know, if you got uh, Odorizzi, good for you, and I think he can be uh, used, you know, uh, effectively if used properly. But I would not be running to start him in Philly. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe we talk about this in hour two, Greg, in terms of matchups, but I think there are a few pitching locations uh, that you just kind of want to cross off the list for now. Obviously, in Coors Field, in Milwaukee, I know Jose Quintana, we talked about this. We own Quintana on a few teams, and he's in Milwaukee this week, so we're thinking about benching him. I know Walker Bueller is at Colorado later in the week, uh, but at Philly is a tough spot, at the Yankees, at Boston, those are all tough spots. So if you have some of these fringy starting pitchers, Maybe you fade them when they go uh, into those matchups. So, uh, again, with Odorizzi, I feel like we've seen this before. Like, he'll go through spurts where he's all right. He had 11 strikeouts, but it came against Cleveland. So, it's like, how much do you trust it? It kind of reminds me of Matt Shoemaker, who we could bring up too, Greg, because he has seven seven strikeouts on Friday, but it's against the Tigers. So, it's like, how much do you trust what you're seeing here? Is it, okay, Shoemaker's doing something different, or the Tigers bad? Is Odorizzi doing something different, or are the, the Cleveland Indians... That bad. I mean, as of right now, I'd probably lean with the latter that the Cleveland Indians and the Tigers lineups are really bad. Odorizzi had 15 swinging strikes on his four-seam fastball, which is not even that good of a fastball. The average is 92 miles per hour. So you get 15 swinging strikes on that and only one on the rest of your pitches seems a little fluky to me. Yeah, I think it's just really, really hard to trust anything that happened really against the Giants and the Tigers for the exact reason that you're mentioning because these are not real teams in a way. They're just, they're not. Take it with a grain of salt. Like, Paddock still looked awesome yesterday. He had seven strikeouts against the Giants, but it was against the Giants. So, this week, I believe he's slated to face the Cardinals in St. Louis. That's a little bit of a tougher matchup. You know, we know how good the, the Cardinals lineup is. We saw what they did in Milwaukee. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a little bit more of a realistic barometer for Chris Paddock. Let's see what he does against the Cardinals this so we've talked a lot about Chris Paddock. We've talked a lot about the Padres in general. But one name that I never heard mentioned was... Nick Margevicius? I couldn't have said that. <laughs> Honestly, Greg, this is all Modica because I don't know anything about this guy. All I, I know, don't even know where he came from. All I know is he pitched really well in that first start. Again, San Francisco, I got it, but he looked good, Matt. Yeah, uh, like you said, look, the one thing pitchers have to do, and it's the same thing with hitters when they're facing inferior pitching. You have to, like, dominate. Like, Jose Barrios dominated the Indians. I wanted to see that, but look at that Indians lineup. And... With Mr. M, we'll call him. I'm not even. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to do that. Marcus we're going to go. Hard, yeah, he's not a hot thrower. It was the uh, Giants, but look, when pitching at home or if he's on the road at uh, what AT&T Park used to be called, is it Oracle? Park? It's Oracle now, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, there'll be options there to use him. Uh, as far as the Padres go, though. The overall rest of the season, it's Paddock, and I'm very excited for Matt Strom today as well. 
So those are the guys that I'm really looking at in their rotation. Now there is talk about possibly Dallas Keuchel becoming a Padre, but we'll sit, wait and see on that one. Nick Margavicious. That's easy. Margavicious. There you go. Margavicious. Margavicious. I was very bad with Margavicious, whatever I was saying. Anyway, <laughs> it's Nick Margavicious. That's actually very, very easy to say. Uh, he's a name that – watch list. Put it on the watch list. Watch list, deeper league. I think it's a good point by Matt. A lot of the times we say take it with a grain of salt, but if you're facing inferior competition, you're expected to dominate that That's competition. True. So there's something to, to, to be said for that, right? Like, it's good to see pitchers, when they have these good matchups, dominate in these matchups, obviously. I'll know, make a quick point if I can. Yeah, well, uh, certainly can. Like, Saturday, I was really – Geared in on the Toronto, uh, I don't forget. I think it was Saturday. It was a long weekend. But Aaron Sanchez, I really, you know, I said I'd die on that hill. And he went like just over five innings. And it was against the Tigers, though. I mean, I'm glad he did that. And it was a good start. It wasn't great. It was good. But I'll take it. But I want to see him do it against better competition before I'm really believing in it. Now, a name, again, you're not picking this guy up anywhere. anywhere. I, I recognize that. And you're never going to hurt the player person that I'm about to bring up. He pitched in the middle. He, there was an opener for him. And he pitched three innings, and he was absolutely filthy. He's got a cool name. It's Jimmy Yacobonis. Did you watch the game on Saturday? Yes, I did. This dude is filthy. The movement on this guy's pitches was absolutely ridiculous. Judge and Stanton had no idea where the ball was going. It was As usual. Fine. But... <laughs> It was like remarkable. I was like, this guy should be starting. He's good. That's my uh, takeaway from watching. Yeah, game. I'm looking at his uh, minor league numbers from last year, too, I and guess. he was a starter. He made 21 starts in the minor leagues uh, and pitched to a 4.26 ERA, Greg. But you saw that thing move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, he has the movement, but a lot of the times, uh, and, and, you know, credit, I was listening to the Phillies radio broadcast last night with Arietta. A lot of the times with pitchers like this is when their pitches move so much. They don't know where it's going. That's why he walks six guys. Which is why they walk a lot of guys. So, you know, as good as his movement was, I mean, if you look throughout his career, he's always struggled with command. Uh, This is Yacobonis of the the Baltimore Orioles. So it's kind of a blessing and a curse because, all right, the hitters don't know where it's going, but you don't know where it's going either. So it kind of leads to a lot of walks. And that's why we see, you know, him be as wild as he has been in his career. And that's why Arietta walked six guys last night is because he has a lot of movement on his pitches, but kind of hard to control and, and get them in the strike zone. Yeah, I'm all in on Jimmy Yacobonis. That's your guy? I like That's your AL only stash. I am all AL only stash. Pick up Jimmy Yacobonis. The Sussman special. The Sussman special. There you go. Uh, Matty Moe, we got like two minutes left with you, buddy. And what are we watching for this week? What are you, I know Matt Strom, you mentioned, what else are you really watching for this week? Uh, I mean, one thing I would tell everybody, look at the schedule. If you can really, uh, like the NFBC is Monday through Thursday with hitters. There's a lot of teams in only two games, and you really want to get that three or four game team that has it early in the week. Uh, We got a one o'clock game. I have like two shares of Adam Wainwright. I want to see if I'm holding this guy. I'm actually rolling him out there. So I want to see if that's a epic fail on my part, or is there something left in the tank with him? Right, so the, so so there you go, uh, Chris Sale, man. Off to a brutal start uh, for the Red Sox. Red Sox in general, off to a very very tough start. I see Seattle had their number for most of the weekend. A lot of runs scored this weekend. Not all that great pitching um, for the most part, but a lot of games today, including just seven minutes from now, we'll get the uh, debut 
of Chris Archer here in 2019. It'll be Archer versus Wainwright as the Cardinals take on the Pirates without Jung Hogan. Indeed, great. Indeed, Chris Archer on the mound today. So looking forward to that. Matty Mo, before we let you go, uh, what are you working on over at the Athletic right now? Uh, I'll be doing a every Sunday morning. You get to see a two start pitching week. Uh, the first one unveiled this Sunday. Uh, and we'll continue on throughout the season. I'll put some pitching landscape notes in it as well. And uh, probably in the next week or two at the latest, we will have a Sunday morning uh, podcast for pitchers and hitters. Very excited. I heard uh, the podcast can be very, very good. The Athletic, I'm excited to, to listen in. You can follow Matty Mo uh, at CTM Baseball. Matt, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. Matt, you better have a cowboy hat by next week. Oh yeah, I'm 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 in the market for one black. Oh, the black hat, Sheriff Matt Modica. Ah, <laughs> oh, the man in black, Matt Modica. I like it. I like it a lot, man. Better than the boy called Sue, I guess. <laughs> All right, there you go, Matt Modica. That's in baseball, and of course, you can read and listen to him soon enough at the Athletic. When we come back, Chris Venture will join the program and we'll get his insights to everything that happened this week. We'll go over some of the headlines, some of the performances, um, rather than just free agent stuff. We'll go over some of the performances that we saw um, and took note of. So stick around. More on the way. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, hour number two. Coming your way next. Next. 